Welcome to Inspirational Australians, where we share stories of Australians making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. We at Inspirational Australians acknowledge the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waterways on which this podcast is produced. We pay our respect to elders past and present and those who are emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. At Inspirational Australians, we are inspired by the world's oldest living culture and pay homage to their rich storytelling history when we share stories on our podcast. Thank you very much. It's so good to be back with the Inspiration Australians podcast. We took a bit of a break to start off the year, but after wrapping up the Seven Years Young Achiever Awards programs around the country, we're back. And huge thanks to Spirit Super, who was the impetus for bringing back the podcast, uh, sponsoring these episodes featuring the Spirit Super Connecting Communities Awards winners. As I said, from right around the country. And today we're joined by not one, but two amazing guests. And funnily enough, that's actually a small number for this particular group because at the awards night in Adelaide at the Hilton, there was 23, I'll see if I get that right in a second, but 23 incredible young people up on stage being celebrated for their work. And they are from the City of Marion's Youth Collective Committee. Let's try that again. The City of Marion's Youth Collective Committee or YCC as they're better known. And they've created their own youth-led model of function. Since beginning in 2019, the YCC have held an esports tournament, Battle of the Bands, planting of a native garden, a music event at the Capella Skate Park opening, and more. Shannon Swart, the youth worker facilitating the program, was 22 when the YCC began, and she's been with the program since the beginning. Saying the Blonde is the current chairperson of the YCC for this year, 2023, and I'm joined today by Zane and Shannon. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you going? Oh, we're going great. Thanks so much for having us. Just just the two of us. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm super glad to have this opportunity. I yeah, will I will say oh, sorry, I will say thank you so much for letting the 23 of us get on stage. That was um pretty a, a significant achievement. I think I would say a milestone memory for a lot of those young people ranging between the ages of 12 and 25 that have been involved over the past couple of years. So we brought some people out of retirement, which was also very special and different abilities. So the fact that we all got to go up on the stage together um, did not think we would win the award. That's why I was like, stop it, we're all getting up, let's do it. Um, but yeah, it was so special. So thank you so much for that. It was actually very brilliant and uh, you could hear the, the murmuring of the crowd as, you know, because not everyone could see, uh, you know, as your group came down to the side of the stage to come up, you know, some people on the other side of the room, they couldn't quite see that. So as more and more people came on stage, it was a bit of like the crowd's kind of like, oh, look, there's more, oh, there's more, there's more. <laughs> and they kept coming. And I, I reckon you've broken the record for the Young Achiever Awards for the most on stage at one time, surely. It's amazing. Think. Uh, bigger than that it was fantastic and uh, it was such a great vibe in the room and I think a lot of that was contributed to, to your group the YCC because you were really supportive of all the other finalists as well thank you so much it was really fun we um we all took a bus ride in together and a bus ride out so it was there a lot of them haven't even been to formal or prom or whatever like that yet so for yeah. a lot of them this was their first ever opportunity to get dressed up for um some sort of gala or fancy event so We've been prepping for a very long time. They got to meet people. A lot of them have um, big dreams about being diplomats or being politicians um, or about meeting, meeting people. But most importantly, they all share that thing of wanting to make immediate change um, as soon as they possibly can. So to be able to, there were some really cool people in that room and some really cool conversations that we were able to have. Um, I remember there was a particular moment when uh, the current Premier, Peter Malinowskis, came over and shook out, shook some of our hands. And the bus ride home, our um, liaison officer turned to me and went, he shook this hand. I'm never going <laughs> to wash it again. <laughs> it's that's amazing. So funny. Yeah. Now, that's such a great, um, yeah, great story to hear. And uh, I kind of want to go, you know, touching on that bio about um, Shannon, how you uh, facilitate you were the, the worker facilitating the program at the time and so you're with the city of Marion is that right and is that where you're joining us from today yes I am I've booked a quiet room um we'll see how quiet it stays but I am a city of Marion employee a local government employee my life is like um a constant episode of utopia if you've seen that ABC show 
that it does bear a few similarities to working in government, um, specifically local government. So it is wonderful. I've learned a lot and I came into the role at 22 as a placement student in incredibly enthusiastic um, and I'm so glad that we've been able to do what we've done. Would I, if I was doing it now, learn so much if I was 22 and going out and I were to go back, be like, oh, let's think a little bit more about the processes. But I think that's yeah. the joy of being 22 and having employers that are like, you know what, we trust you, go for it. So it's been fun. And so was this your first like full-time job as a, as a young person or had you worked in other office-based roles before? Never worked in an office role before. It was my first grown-up job. So previously to this, I was working in a toy store. I did actually somehow manage to land a role as a youth worker in um, when I was 19 in my local church. And I was um, an interim youth worker looking after essentially the youth ministry there, which was a lot of responsibility for someone who was still a young person themselves. But I've always been involved as a volunteer um, in youth organisations. I was on a youth council when I was 14, Broken Hill, the city of Broken Hill. Um, we organised a drug and alcohol forum, and I think that that's probably one of the, the first things that helped me realise that I could be involved and make a little bit of a change. But a lot of the success... Um, I learned a lot of lessons working for a youth-led organisation called UN Youth, which is a phenomenal organisation of young people, all aged um, 25 and under, who educate other young people on issues of international diplomacy. Um, so we do a lot of model United Nations stuff, but we also would organise events, um, be it state, national or international events. The quality of, it, of, of events that have been organised, um, I would say, are of a higher quality than the stuff that I do um, with significant budgets because when you're a young person, I do feel as though the bar is so much higher because people do expect less. So it is, you're, you're not just trying to reach the bare minimum, you're trying to go above and beyond and prove um, that you deserve to be in the same space. So when I first, when I came into this role, I felt like I had a lot of lessons I'd already learned. Um, I had a degree in youth work as well, which as social sciences with a major in youth work. So all of that really led to this, you know, 22, 23, I was ready to, to really sink my teeth into a project. So you mentioned, you know, um, you were thinking there's a lot of similarities between you coming into that role and, and Utopia, the show. You know, uh, I'm a bit older than you, so for me, my reference is probably more like Parks and Rec. But um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just imagining, you know, you this like super enthusiastic 22-year-old coming in, first like office, as you said, growing up job and uh, going, got ideas, I want to put this in place. What was the first moment where you kind of faced the red tape or the bureaucracy and kind of gone, oh, what? Like I can't just go out and do it. Yeah, that is such a good question. Um, and Euphoria is, uh, Utopia is such a good example of it sometimes. But Parks and Recreation, funnily enough, the first time I watched that, I, I checked my emails halfway through because it was, once again, it was so similar. Um, and I love Leslie Noak's character, and I do feel like sometimes I relate to that a little bit with that um, that hopeless enthusiasm. Um, funnily enough, the first example I got, it was we were working on a project. The, I'm, I'm not down for the corporate uniform um, and desk spaces. It's just such a such a vibe that I wasn't necessarily used to. So I was working on a project. Um, myself and someone else got on the floor with a whole lot of butcher's paper. And we were like, we've got this big event coming up. We don't have any space. Let's just tease it out. And the office was getting messy. We, we were doing a T-shirt printing workshop, all the, you know, all the cool youth stuff. Stuff was everywhere. And just we had a lot of people come past and, and make a few comments on it. Um, and everyone, one of the primary frustrations I find is intent versus um, what's what's practical and what's realistic. Everyone loves loves the idea of investing in a youth organisation or investing in young artists or investing in new this or that. But the practicality is to getting them to the point where they can be paid for their work 
or or something that's a little bit more challenging. There's so much particular red tape. So for this particular project, we we're working with um, someone who was wanting to do some screen printing. It was a young person who'd never had their own business before, and I was trying to get this young person paid. I had budget and I had approval, but trying to get this young person paid was so incredibly tricky because you need public liability insurance. You need an yeah, AD. Yeah. You need, um, you know, is there a hobby form? Is there not an, a hobby form? We have insurances, but we can't on, you know, we can't cover them under their insurances. Um, and I think that for me was really tricky. I've now streamlined the process. And one of the things I'm very proud of is that when we do projects within the Youth Collective Committee and one young person in particular tries to take the lead, I make sure we get a way to pay them for, for that time. So one of our projects was a safe space project report um, and we were able to pay a young person to consult to write part of that report. Um, but once again, it was such a process getting them to that point of being paid. I know what it's like to be a young person relying on the goodwill of a free lunch um, and volunteering is incredibly expensive. It is a rich person's game. It's it's you're not you're not getting much as much as you are giving, and the overall vibe is definitely you know you should be giving something to us. We're giving you exposure, and that's just not it. it it's not viable. So I think red tape in terms of trying to appropriately pay people for the time and effort that they put in is so much harder than it needs to be. Well, that was such a, a detailed answer in, in the best way possible, Shannon, because uh, we've got so many questions coming off that. But I think it's also a perfect chance to um, to go to you, Zane, because as the chairperson currently of uh, YCC, am I right in saying that you're in a voluntary role? So I'm currently in a voluntary role, the YCC as chair, as you said. I've also, through the YCC, as a positive opportunity and outcome from it, also have been lucky enough to be employed in the City of Marin's Gap Year Internship Program. This is a 12-month program that goes for or goes into four different placements. And that it was something that came through learning from, from the YCC. And as chair, you get to meet and do wonderful opportunities and projects of different members of the collective public and i found through my role as an intern per se as it's helped me balance both volunteering and professional life while also being able to understand the complexities and ensure that everyone uh, i guess you could say knows what they're doing and doesn't ever feel too overburdened or underburdened and all that if that makes sense yeah, the you're trying to, you're going to have to balance there, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. Because you have that role, it's amazing, Zane, because you've been able to learn so much more than I would have time to share with you or you've been able to see so many parts of council um, that other volunteers haven't because one of the things that we get so often when we onboard new YCC members is, all right, what's council? Roads rates are rubbish. That's that sort of it. Do you have, in some instances, more of an understanding than I do because you've been able to do this internship? Um, and that's not the that's not the norm. We're very lucky though, and it's really good that you've been able to get recognised because you put a lot of hard work and effort to get there though. Um, and I will just Thank say, you. the best gap year employee we've ever had. Everyone always compliments him all the time, and they're not looking forward to when he goes off to university next year. Yeah, so is that a calendar year or when do you finish up saying? So internship? how the program works, so I started, I believe it was January 30th and it goes to around January 26th next year. And uh, it, so, you know, it's 12 months. It feels very quick. I'm already moving on to my third placement after the end of this week and because each placement's three months long. And three months is not enough to really get the vibe of everything because you always like, it used to be one month actually. And when you're, on your yeah, third, yeah. when you're on your third month, it's just like, oh, I'm finally part of the team. And then it's mm. whisked away to the other team. But it's, it's still a very educational experience. And everyone's really nice, informative. And I highly recommend C. Marin as, especially the internships we offer as a great starting way for many other young people. So Number one promoter. <laughs> big promoter here. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You have to, though, if it, especially if you believe in it, because that's, that's when it's really authentic. Um, people can, can can hear that as well. So, Zane, how did you first get involved with YCC in the first place? And, you know, was this internship getting into council, was that always on your mind or is it just something that's, you know, developed from your involvement? 
We're going all the way back to mid-2021. I remember, so a bit of personal backstory, but I'd always, up until I think around year 10, I always felt disconnected. I always hadn't really felt like happy and I always wanted to do more. And I feel like when COVID hit, it kind of gave me an opportunity because I feel like when you're in school, especially at age, it's always you always have against tasks to do, stuff to do, and you never have a moment to just sit and stop and be like, hold on. Yeah. And so when COVID hit, I heard about, or I joined our school's SRC, and then through the SRC body, I found out that about the Youth Collective Committee. And at the time, I thought, oh, it's just, you know, some Youth Collective and all that. And But, you know, I applied anyway, and I think I probably sent some horrific CV or something. <laughs> you, were, you were the best we'd ever received, so. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I then was like, I think I emailed or called. I was like, oh, no, I was called. And I was like, I would love to interview. And I just thought, especially this is my first time doing any interview. So I was like shocked. I still didn't think I would get it. And then I remember showing up to the interview process. I had no idea what to wear. And I think Shannon converged. I, I don't actually even remember it, probably the trauma. I wore like this <laughs> suit or something to it. And uh, obviously that left a mark. And next thing I knew, I was being called to fortnightly meetings that go for an hour and a half or hour. Sometimes we do it via Zoom. And I was thrown into like, this whole new environment. So I then spent, of course, the next year and a half in our second season, which uh, it was a, a very big learning opportunity because you had school, but then you're going to this whole new environment in this like it was like SRC, but the whole for the whole local government, and I I felt like there was you could do a lot more tangible things, which is something I felt through the YC. I became the social media officer beforehand yeah. and helped create a nice youth brand for our Instagram account at Marion YCC on Instagram. Do follow. Sorry for the follow shout. <laughs> and I, I, I can attest it's a good follow. It's yeah. good. Also follow Inspiration Australians on Instagram. I know you guys have an account there as well, and. Uh, through that it was a really strong learning experience that led all the way to I remember I believe it was halfway through last year so during year 12 I heard about an opportunity for the gap year so the gap year was never something intentionally planned to say from the beginning it was I always thought oh, I do YCC then I go straight to uni but I never had a strong idea about where I wanted to go in uni and in and I got guaranteed into a good course I still just felt like Going from high school straight to university, that is such a big ass when I feel like everyone at that age never has a clear idea. Like, I mean, I can attest a lot of my friends, they have all gone to uni and they've regretted a lot of the courses they did. And I feel like I needed time. And then, of course, for the YCC program, I heard about the gap year program. I thought, oh, I might as well give that an, an application. Applied, somehow got into the program. And it's honestly been amazing. And it's been difficult to keep that balance between YCC and Gateway, but I feel like I've been able to master that. And I've been able to get both worlds and you get both the professional world and also the volunteer world. And I also just want to say too that getting 12 months to be paid to work in that and get skills is just also valuable. Yep. So it was never intentional to answer your question, but it was one of the many positive outcomes that come from being part of the YCC and not just myself, but plenty of other members as well have all gained opportunities outside the YCC for it. Yeah. Well, Shannon, you kind of were talking about, um, you know, how volunteering is you know, I like your terminology, by the way, it's a rich person's game or however you put it, but it's kind of true. The flip side of that is if you, you know, go in um, and really give it a big effort, it can actually be a huge investment as well. Um, obviously, talking about your own career, volunteering played a huge part, um, gave you a lot of tools to come in and immediately succeed. You know, Zane, obviously, you volunteered extensively with student, uh, with SRC as well, and, and now YCC, and that's really um, paying, you know, dividends. And so that must be really hard for young, for young people to find that balance of, We've been talking about balance a few times now. Volunteering, you know, you're not getting paid. You're investing a lot of time and resources and it could pay off down the track, but but you never know. Absolutely. And we're living in our society really values instant gratification in a while, uh, in a way. And it's quite 
difficult to look to that what's going to pay off long term because you're just not sure you never really know um my dad had this saying he would say a lot because i also went straight from i went straight from high school into university um into a nursing degree that i did for about a year and a half and i regretted it and now i just have hex debt that keeps growing so i wish i'd done what you did say but my dad had this saying which is you know work as hard as you can and get the movie ticket once you have the movie ticket you can go and see whichever show you like my family immigrated to australia from south africa when i was 12 so i think that focus on education being the only way that you can grow your skill set and make yourself valuable as an employer was really harshly put there um but i have seen firsthand the the absolute payoff of volunteering but it is a I, i'm also aware of the fact that i was in a very privileged position to be able to do so but i also sometimes had to make hard choices um compared to someone who maybe i didn't live at home when i was i moved out of home at about 18 19 so having to choose between a saturday volunteering at an event or a saturday making money working um at the kids shoe section at maya was actually quite a quite a tricky tricky mm. call um nevertheless i feel as though it was weight training getting me to the career space because i did have um you know i i'd already alleviated my anxiety of cold calling people because i'd been cold calling schools schools trying to get them to come to our events i knew how to write an email i knew how to communicate professionally all these soft skills that that get built um and that also make you a more attractive placement student so you're more likely to get an opportunity to take a more meaningful placement because people the way that organizations view placement students can be tricky as well you're often unpaid labor um and there is competition for who gets those placements as well so it is it is a rich man's game in a while that does pay off but not everyone is able to be in that position so the city of marion's youth collective committee i thought it was really important that we accurately represented the what a young person looks like in the city of Marion um and that diversity does come with a diverse range of requirements um you know you've got a diversity when it comes to cultural backgrounds so many young people are experiencing mental health issues at the moment we know that so we see it firsthand and we need to accommodate that and that's something that i've i've always tried to describe the YCC as a safe space to fail because failure is so important and it does really feel like you're unable to fail as much when you're in the professional space the stakes are a lot higher so if you can overcome that a little bit earlier once again you're miles ahead but sometimes the failure is not due to the fact that you are unable to meet the work it's the fact that you don't realize the reason why you're lazy is because you're actually a little bit you know you might be experiencing symptoms of depression you might be experiencing anxiety for the first time and the idea of responding to that email and you feeling so guilty and bad and you're you're ghosting people and you're going to the cyclical thing um that that happens so often and i love 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 being able to be the person that's like no worries that's fine you said you'd do it but you didn't get to it we'll, we'll try it again or we won't or whatever do you want to shake it up you're not passionate about that anymore that's fine because i have i've had people who were able to do that for me um and that made me who i was so without yeah. that opportunity to grow outside of that i wouldn't be able to offer that back um but the workplaces aren't always accommodating of that so very true it does sometimes feel a little bit like the odds are slightly stacked against when you start looking outside of you know your your cookie cutter resume boosting perfect people um because not everyone is perfect everyone's experienced something so yeah, yeah. well i'd say no one's perfect are they so no Absolutely. so you had a really interesting point there but you know um because i think everyone's faced that at times where you have the email you don't want to respond to blah 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 or that kind of stuff but you know if there's young people listening thinking oh jeez you know i do that or there's employers listening going i'm employing young people and i need them to be better you know do you have any little nuggets of wisdom there about um you know what people can do whether it's for themselves or uh for for their employees who are mm-hmm. facing those kind of things and how can as workplaces potentially we be better to you know to our young people and help to get the best out of them yeah i think for me it just really comes under the term of empathy um is cliche advice that always goes around which is you know be the person that you needed when you were growing up um and try and respond 
that way and try and respond out of kindness. Um, I think that is really difficult sometimes mm. when people are really hard on themselves and they feel as though they've paid their dues and therefore other people have to as well and they can't relate to that situation because maybe they never experienced anxiety over responding to an email. Some people are like that. I don't understand people like that, but some people are like that. Um, it became quite quite personal for me because over the past couple of years, my um, my youngest brother was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So I've been a youth worker for quite a while and then it was very interesting going to the carer side of things where I was working alongside a young person who was experiencing this and I could see all the ways that, um, you know, people were able to meet his needs or people weren't able to meet his needs. And I think one of the really, one of the easiest things to do is to just respond from a place of everyone's got something going on and let's be kind um, in a professional context, there are considerations there. But if you're kind or if you're considerate um, or if you put accommodations and measures in place to try and assist to grow that skill, you'll get a better employee in the long term because they will have grown in their capacity. They will have grown and overcome those hardships, which means they will not only feel and feel a little bit more loyal or grateful or proud um, but you, you'll just get a better return for your for your investment in that regard as well. So giving opportunities to people who otherwise don't have them just pays off in so many ways. Um, and one of once this is a little bit of a side note, but I, I both love and loathe the term accommodation because accommodation sort of implies that we are accommodating that something outside of the norm, and we really should think about how we frame that because. Majority, if you, if you look at the most recent census data, a lot of young people are experiencing mental health issues. Um, it, it shouldn't be something that we accommodate because it's outside of the norm. It's something that people live with, something that humans live with, that we all experience, and that we need to put systems in place to support so everyone can be the best version of themselves. So this isn't, you know, just a phase or a this or a that. It's something that everyone will experience, and so we need to. Our, our workforces need to accommodate that way of thinking. Yeah, for sure. That's good advice. And uh, yeah, some good things to people, I guess, to think about, consider uh, for their own circumstances. This episode is brought to you by Spirit Super, the super fund for hardworking Australians. Let's be honest. Most of us don't pay enough attention to our super. It's either too hard, too confusing, or we simply don't know what super is. But that's okay. Spirit Super makes learning about and looking after your super super easy. With a focus on strong returns, an award-winning service, and super experts offering practical and helpful advice, Spirit Super is here for you and your super. For more info, go to spiritsuper.com.au. Consider the PDS and TMD at spiritsuper.com.au slash PDS before making a decision. You sure? is Motor Trade Association of Australia Superannuation Fund PDY-LTD. Advice is provided by Quadrant First PDY-LTD. Past performance isn't a reliable indicator of future performance. You've got, uh, with the YCC, you've put on a lot of events and, you know, with everything we've had in mind about uh, youth-led, which meant safe places to fail and things like that, have you got any examples or, or stories from some of these events that we mentioned at the start, you know, Battle of the Bands, the Native Garden, music events where, you know, sometimes maybe that something has gone wrong, but uh, it's actually, you know, it's been part of the journey and it's all worked out. There are so many I can think of. Are there any you can think of, Zane? I can't think, well, I can think of stuff that's gone wrong, but I can think of <laughs> something that happened at the Bow of the Bands, which started off as an idea. And I think Shan knows what I'm talking about. What I would say is during the Bay of the Bands, we're set up at Mosley Square, Ganelg, and there's this large hotel, and I forgot the name of it's it. It's the right? Stanford Grand. Stanford. Oh, and hang on, hang on. Disclosure here. We work with the Stanford Grand. Are we telling good what? stories or bad stories? We're telling a great story. <laughs> Come on. So, we love the Stanford Grand. I would love them because me and Charlie, one who was the deputy social media officer so this is like going back to 2021 for that battle band we really wanted to get this nice aerial photo of all the people you know cheering their band the bands you know playing and 
the Stanford has a balcony for. And we thought, oh, it would be so cool if we could go to the balcony for and but we always thought and i think shane you'd said so like oh they're not going to like accept that they're not going to let us up there we <laughs> walked into the stanford with a really brazen confidence given the situation but that we and we also i guess also kind of thought oh, it wouldn't happen and we asked could we please use your balcony floor to for those videos they said yes and they were completely happy to support that and so next thing we knew we went up and we'll guard we were essentially guard ourselves to the second floor to this balcony and we got some of the best photos of that event and i mean looking back it's just a story where you just go what how on earth did we pull that off <laughs> and to uh it's just it's one of those things where if you you won't succeed till you try and so you just yep. try new things and that's what i can recommend shay can you think of any like bad stories or anything <laughs> <laughs> I, I i just i love that story so much because i'm so with a with a council mindset you end up being so risk averse mm. and you end up being like I've, I've realized it's warped my thinking and i think bad before good sometimes i'm like there's no way they're gonna let them up there like it's the balcony they've, they've had a wedding on we've been really annoying with this loud youth mu music um so for the fact that they just i was like, I'm like yeah give it a go um and i I've, I've always learned so much because the ideas and this is the joy of a youth-led model they're doing the work they bring some idea ideas to me i'm the conduit and i try and make it happen sometimes i'll sit there and i'll be like i don't think this is going to work and then it does um, an example of that is this esports tournament that we did so it was a rocket league tournament and it just spiraled because there was so much more interest than we thought there would be um we got people really keen to fly in from interstate to join which we had to Whoa. say no it's a local event um but because you know you don't have as many ranked sporting like esports events in rocket league all that sort of stuff i knew nothing yeah. about this world absolutely nothing about this world which meant i knew nothing about the problems that came with the world and i and and trying to facilitate young people growing in that space as well who are volunteers is really tricky especially when you had you know i think we had a gaming pc that msi and mwave gave us to give away as a gift. So we had some PC building workshops. So they, a whole bunch of, we had you know, 60 young people help build this PC, this really yeah. two and a half thousand dollar gaming PC. And then on the day of the game, on the, of the um, grand final, we gave it away as a door prize, if you can believe it. Um, people just had to go and fill out some stuff and go to our stalls and then someone got it at the end as a door prize. Um, and all the young people have been given a station to look after and they would give their stamp and go on. Some people were very annoyed that they had to get their stamp. So the first, and this was our first ever major event. We'd only been together for maybe a year and a, a year at the point of battle events. This is pre-using. But um, just the idea of angry people, even if you're even if you're doing a nice community service, when people are a little bit grumpy or things aren't going their way, having to guide young people through that process as well. Um, can be quite tricky because you want to you want to keep it positive. You want to say, "Hey, how amazing! They're they're trying. Safe space to fail. All those good groovy things." That's also just not an accurate representation of the world. I mean, our our Instagram, amazing. The young people run the Instagram themselves. Sometimes we've landed on the wrong side of Instagram. Yeah. Sometimes we've had some nasty comments. Um, were about you know things that are just so incredibly ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so there's that really bad side to putting yourself out there or putting young people in positions of leadership and the requirements that come with that um so i think that yeah there have been a few times where just that interaction with community and people who don't know how to maybe treat volunteers or maybe who don't appreciate what it is that's happening because everyone's got their own stuff going on um so yeah, i think that's that's sort of a bit of an example of when events don't go right um on the day, one uh, one other thing I might just say is the importance of letting things fall down. Um, I learned this before I started working, but if I, as the council employee, were to pick up every time an idea started and didn't get off the ground, um, and maybe someone was like, I'll take responsibility for this, and then they dropped it, it's really important that it gets dropped and that we don't have too many bailouts so people can grow 
Um, and that can be that can be really hard and really difficult, but it is a very important process of learning as well. That can be also very difficult within a political game. So we have elected members that are really interested in what the YCC do. So, you know, if we've said, hey, we're going to do this thing and then a thing doesn't happen, there are so many, like maybe the event doesn't occur, but there's been growth. There's been so much underneath that that's still so important. Um, so just because the outcome of an event didn't occur, it doesn't mean that good youth outcomes didn't occur regardless. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. a good point. There's some, uh, yeah, some interesting. There'd be so many interesting stories from all these events you've put on, um, and having run events ourselves as well, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a, uh, it can be yeah. very difficult, but um, it sounds like you're doing a great, like an amazing job. And you know, having met a lot of the people that were there at our event at the gala dinner, yeah, there's a really, really great vibe uh, within it. So you're obviously doing something right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, and I will. Yeah, Zane. Yeah, go ahead. Zane is just such a phenomenal chair. One of the things he forgot to mention as well is that throughout all his volunteering and, um, you know, he's now in the Gap Year program, he also got nominated as the Young Citizen of the Year for the City of Marion. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that yeah, I don't know how I forgot that. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, um, so, that, yeah, just to add to that, yeah, because that was the other thing. Too, and this is actually a, a important thing as well because for the uh, – program because of all the volunteering i've done i thought at the end of the year i would nominate myself for that award and when i went to nominate myself and this kind of talks about why it's important to have these collectives i was the only person who nominated now i remember coming on the day and i was just told there were 20 other nominees but what they didn't say is that was for all the other categories and so when i got my cards it just said category young citizen zane next category blah 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 and i just thought hold on, am I like the only person? I couldn't tell if I'd won it already and that. And then I ended up being told by one of staff members, oh, you're the only one. We didn't get any other young people this year. And I was, oh, what about the previous years? Oh, maybe two, lucky if we're three, while the other categories get like five, six, like young adult or young, per or not young, so season of the year gets like 20 people or more. And I just thought, I mean, I'm glad I got the award, but I was like, I was really saddened by that there wasn't other people. And this is why having collectives and all that is really useful, just because it's sad when one person, when because from the youth community puts their hand up for an award, when you know there's also hundreds and hundreds of thousands of other young people who are also talented and unique. And because they, I guess, aren't getting like the right connections to places uh feel too scared to raise their hand and all that they're missing out and yeah. i guess that's one of the reasons why i'm also as chair now is i want to motivate other people because i honestly i think my genuine goal at the moment is i'd rather i want these three young people from the city <laughs> of to go for that award that would be a big success in my eyes because yeah one person's not enough uh, and you i know, think now you go ahead shannon uh, I just still, I still think it's not sad. It's wonderful, very well deserved. One of the things that was said is like, "Oh yeah, it's Zane. I, I absolutely deserves it for sure." But we, and you'd probably have a bit to say on this as well, Josh. But um, when it comes to people putting their hands up for awards, our society doesn't like our culture. Really, isn't? Hey, look at me, put my hand up. I'm yes. amazing. And then you know you do, and then I think I felt a little bit of this after the award, like that imposter syndrome hits, and it's like, why am I getting recognised for something that I don't feel like I should be getting recognised for? Um, yeah. But it's strategically, it's just so smart because when you do this, you expand the opportunity to talk. You know, we're on a podcast. Um, we were able to put our trophy in near the elected members and say, hey, we're doing cool things. Continue to invest in the city yeah. of Marion and. and youth programs and this and that and it adds so much um gravitas but it's for some reason so many people especially in the caring professions that do really amazing incredible things really don't put themselves up to be recognized for it yeah i'm a big believer in that nominating yourself for an award is the exact same in terms of the concept and what you can get out of it as putting yourself forward for a job are you gonna mm -hmm. let someone else nominate you for a job of course not. That's your career. So it's great if someone taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, there's this job coming. I think you should go for it. That's what like not being nominated for an award is like to me. So what you've done, Zane, is amazing because it's the same as, again, like uh, going for a grant application, going for a scholarship, mm. going for an internship. You've got to put yourself out there because even if it's not from a 
career or business uh, perspective, if it's from a community, volunteering, you know, charitable perspective, it's still important to share the message to raise the awareness. And by going through the process, like an awards, even if you don't win, it doesn't matter because sometimes filling out the application can help you just reflect back on your journey, can help you think about where you need to grow, what areas you can potentially uh, upskill in. It helps you benchmark against other people, potentially network with others. There's just so many uh, great benefits for it. And that's why I believe so strongly with the about the Young Achiever Awards because I've just seen so many people come through it, get a great experience out of it. And so, Zane, I'm glad you shared that story. I think that was a really good one. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Spirit Super have sent me a question. As I mentioned at the top, they're sponsoring this episode, which is fantastic. And in some of the info you gave me, it really aligned because the question is so similar to one of the talking points um, that you give me, which is amazing. So basically, Spirit Super's question was, do you think, and you know, Shannon and Zane, feel free to both answer this and, and see where you come from. Do you think being young helps or hinders your ability to create change? Zane, I might let you go. You're younger. You can go first. Oh, thank you. I feel like it can be both. It really depends how you go around it. I feel like personally, in times when I reflect, being young has, of course, given me this opportunity to be a part of the YCC, to connect with other people, to learn of other opportunities. So, I can't deny saying it. there hasn't been benefits to being young, but then I also would say there are negatives as well because for me, I'm a massive workaholic. I like to move on to the next project and all that, and I find being young because you're still rising up through the world. You're still learning about the world too. You're still learning about anything and that. You're also, there's a lot of barriers as well, especially social barriers to where you can and can't go. And um, I... So that honestly, I'd have to say it's yes, sad, no. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, it also depends where, where you want to go, what industry you want to go to. There's a lot it, there's a lot of facets to it. That would be my answer. What about you, Shannon? That was a really good answer, Zane. Um, it is a, it's a very complicated component. I think sometimes the authenticity of, if, if we say the word success, there can be so different depending on who you're talking to. Um, and, and this can be a, applied to so many different movements. Um, we have a lot of conversations about raising awareness and drawing attention to um, and giving opportunities and all of this helping sometimes patronising language um, is reflective of how I think we sometimes view young people. So it can be a help if young people are the flavour of the month, absolutely. That can get the conversations started. Um, but the problem is that sometimes when you have, when the conversation started, getting it to the point where people are listening um, is a little bit different. So if, so for the, for the Youth Collective Committee, we are now an ongoing program. We've been endorsed by the elected members. That's absolutely phenomenal. We worked really hard to get there. Um, we created our own model, but every year we'd have to go back to the elected members and we'd have to say, this is why what we're doing is important. Um, not just the numbers of people that attend our events, but the diversity of the young people that are on the committee that have had the trajectory of their life changed or influenced in some way by being a part of this program. Um, so I think for me, when it comes to young being young, being a help or a hindrance, there's, there's an unfair ceiling that you reach because sometimes people are like, hey, let's engage some young people on the project or we want young people to get involved in council matters. We'll form a committee, an advisory committee. They'll have pizza. They'll get together once a month. We'll let them talk a little bit about the skate park opening and maybe a bit about, you know, should the lights be on longer at the skate park and what are we going to do about that graffiti? Um, and then those conversations never go anywhere and you get together the next month and you do it all over again. But that youth engagement box is being ticked. So how do you get it from the point where the box is being ticked to something that is making meaningful change? And the thing that's really frustrating is you need to understand the system within which you're working in. And it's frustrating because as a young person, you don't know how to do that yet. 
right? You're you're kind of getting used to the world. Um, you're it's that whole I need a job for experience, but I need experience for a job conundrum. So if you're being touted by these amazing people in positions of power to say, you, young person, you're doing incredible things, and you're like, I'm a young person and I'm doing incredible things. But then when you reflect back on it, you know, 20, 30 years, really, there's more I could have done. I wish I'd know now. I wish I knew then. I wish I know knew then what I know now so I could have actually made tangible change because I was in the environment to make that happen. So my volunteer experience beforehand, especially doing um, my, you know, I did a degree in social sciences with a major in youth work. I think all of that really helped me understand the systems within which you'd navigate to make that change meaningful. So the first thing we did, we were like, okay, I don't want this to be a pizza. I don't want this to be a tokenistic youth committee that meets. If they get together, they need to be able to actually say stuff um, and make decisions and make changes. So they decided how they were going to run. You know, they have a vibe of they have. Um, they decided they wanted formal positions and they decided they wanted to meet fortnightly, once in person, once via Zoom. That has had to constantly change because youth culture constantly changes. We used to meet in a Facebook group, then we met on um, Messenger, then Discord um, and WhatsApp. Like everything constantly needs to evolve so that you can get the absolute best out of young people. So being young, if the conversation is in, can be such a help, but we really do need the support of people in positions of power to help us navigate the systems once we get to the point where that conversation is being had. Um, we've been able to do some really, really incredible things. And I think that's because we've had every, we've had evidence backing us up every bit of the way. So before we run a battle of the bands or before we, you know, do some sort of event, we upskilled our young people in consultation so they could authentically lead the consultation, communicating with other young people to say, Hey, what's important to you? Amazing. Elected members, this is what's important to our young people. So um, we were we were asked to write a report or give a document on something, some youth submission for our four-year business plan. So I was like, no worries. We upskilled our young people. They led some consultation. We wrote a report, um, a whole lot of lists of what it is that we could do. One of the recommendations on there was um, young people want equitable access to period products. Um, they're talking about it in schools. Why can't we have it in community fa- community facilities? That makes absolute sense. So being able to put that with data backing to it, have it as part of the four-year business plan submission, go to the elected members, um, and then they, throughout all that, those processes, it is now in the, um, you know, to assess the, feasibility, assess the feasibility of that as a new initiative for 2023-2024. And this is all corporate, this is all corporate jargon. Yeah. Like what 14-year-old who wants period products available at their local sporting club knows to go through that process to make that happen. So that is a little bit of the answer to the question. It's a really, really big one. I'm really passionate about this because I've been on so many different sides of the coin and I've worked in other councils where I've seen so many different sides of the coin as well um, with their youth engagement. So, yeah, if you have any other questions, I'd love to talk about it, but I know I can talk about it for hours. Well, I was going to say that question could be its own podcast, but as we're talking about it, like it actually could be its own podcast series, <laughs> really. <Yeah. laughs> so, um, and you mentioned consultation. Are you, you know, are you open? Are you available to be a consulting for people? I feel like you got a lot of great ideas, a lot of great um, thought leadership on youth-led initiatives, and uh, you know, oh, that's, what nice. if that's going to be a career down the track for you, Shannon. I think it might be. I, I have thought about it. And then, you know, you think about it too hard. But it would it would be great because I genuinely believe that young people can and will change the world. Like they will, it's inevitable. Young people will stop being young people and they'll be the decision makers. So if we're able to listen to them in those different stages, it's just tremendous. But I feel like not enough people know how to do it well. So who knows? Maybe I will do a little consulting thing or something later on down the line. Let me see. One day. So, so Zane... Uh, we're talking off air before we uh, got started with the recording today that uh, not long ago you were in Parliament House and you got yes. this great uh, tour from Minister Nat Cook, the Minister for Human Services. So was that part of your um, internship or how did that come about? And tell us a bit about that experience because I know that was a, a pretty cool cool one for you. 
This is another example, as previously said, about YCC linking to other opportunities. So around also mid last year there was uh it wasn't actually that far or it was a bit further back a youth week last year the state government announced they wanted to create a youth council for south australia and they went out to applications mid last year and i thought once again i would apply send my dodgy application or like a cv off didn't hear anything back for a few months for oh it's over that's it not hearing anything back and then i get like i remember a boring thursday school day and uh, i just received an email saying hey welcome aboard and next thing i knew i've been on the youth council so similar to ycc but for a state body and meets only once every quarter and um, along with that, we get to do special opportunities. One of them was a catch-up at Parliament House with the DHS Minister, the Honourable Nat Cook, and uh, she took us on a tour around Parliament. So I made a social media reel on my Instagram. And it's those types of opportunities that allow you to connect with other young people, connect with politicians and decision makers and get your like issue across like, and say what needs to be said. And um, that was uh, something there that I've done. I've also recently as well gotten linked through the YCC stuff yet again to Hub Magazine. So the Commissioner for Children and Young People of South Australia, now full name, has reignited Hub Magazine. It's a digital online newsletter for youth. It's still in infancy, but we're trying to really develop it out. And uh, that's just, yet again, another example. So I do, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Minister's Youth Advisory Committee is pretty groovy. That's awesome. Oh, it's very groovy. Mm. Sorry, Annette can edit this out. I was trying to look up the commissioner's name because I it's on the tip of my tongue. Helen, Helen Connolly. Yes, Helen Connolly. Yeah, so uh, I feel like at the, the Young Achiever Awards event, all these people were there that you were that you're kind of na name dropping and talking about. So um, yeah, it was, so it many was links. So amazing. Yeah. Helen came out. Um, the commissioner came out actually and gave us all a hug because she was involved with the um, Safe Space Project. So that was um, a one of our very first projects. And it was the commissioner's community partnership program. So we worked with her on writing this you know, leading consultation and writing this report on what young people have to say about mental health. And she came to our launch and we were all been involved. So after we won the award, she came out and she's like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy for all of you saying you were just on our Instagram the other day and now you're off winning awards. It's just, it's, it is amazing how small the youth sector is, but how cool um, it is when everyone's connected. So, I guess we've got to wrap up shortly, but one last, uh, before I get to my final question, um, one last thing that just completely backs up what you've been saying, Shannon, about, you know, youth-led, um, giving young people opportunities is that when you did win the Spirit Super Connecting Communities Award, you know, Shannon, you're an incredible speaker. You're so um, eloquent with the way you, that you put things together and share your ideas and thoughts. And Zane, it could have been easy for Shannon to say, yep, I'll take this one but it was you as the chair who was leading that speech and that acceptance speech. And uh, speech. funny moment because it was fantastic because you said, um, I've left my, my speech at the, my table. <laughs> so I'm just going to go, I'm going to wing it. And you still nailed it. I tend to have a bad habit of just doing speeches and forgetting all my stuff. And it usually turns out okay. <laughs> it was good. It was, you did a good it job. Was a, it was a, did such a good job. Absolutely. I think... I think that just sort of speaks to the fact that we didn't feel like we win a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we were all off to the side holding hands, hoping after after we got it. But then it was like, oh, so we've got the award now. We were all in absolute shock. We were losing it. We're all smiling. I think I started crying. A few other people started crying. And then there was a speech bit and everyone was looking around and I was like, oh, that's right. Same. <laughs> off you go. Yeah, we did really well. Oh, so, so obviously... Much. This is the Inspiration of Australians podcast, uh, and you two are certainly fitting that bill of being inspirational, not just inspirational young people, inspirational people. And I wanted to ask you as the final question, again, to both of you uh, to answer. Shannon, you can go first this time. What is it that inspires you? I think I am inspired every single day Um by the people that I work with, the people I see, and just 
how nice they are. Um, I think it's that that term that got used a lot, you know, my faith in humanity. Um, faith in humanity has been restored because I saw something really <laughs> nice today. But genuinely, I do think that I see something really lovely um, every single day. I, I have, I'm, I love my job. I, I would do it. I'm never leaving this job. I love it so, so, so much. Um, and I get to... I've, I've got to watch these people grow. I get so emotional. I feel a little bit like Regina, Regina George's mum sometimes, like just in the background with my camera being like, I'm so proud of you guys. You're all doing so well. Um, but it, it inspires me to see how well everyone is succeeding, how well people come through things and how even when the world is a little bit grimy, there are people who still really want to make a change and who genuinely believe that they will. Um, so that is what inspires me. Brilliant. And Zane, what about you? Every single day, when I wake up in the morning, I always think, how can I end the day off of the world being a slightly tintiest, better place than it was the day before? Every single day, I work as hard as possible, communicate with whoever necessary to work out how can we make this issue non-existent, less I guess, apparent in society and just in general, just make sure the world's a better place for everyone. Because, I mean, ev like a lot of recent events, dare to say, like they're all, the, a lot of people, I guess, to feel the world is bad. And in some of that world, I guess you could say, has been unpredictable in the last few years. And so, but, and I feel like you get a certain control from just being able to say, you know what, I'm going to wake up today. My goal is to make the day a slightly better place than it was yesterday. So that's really what motivates me. That, and also, I guess, as a, especially as a young person, I just want to always put my hand up for any opportunity that comes past. You're amazing, Zane. Genuinely, yeah. you are so impressive. Yeah, that's a super intentional um, way to face every day, and it's uh, that's really that's really great, Zane. That that motivates me to wake up and uh, and think about. <laughs> You know, just being intentional because sometimes it's easy to forget. Um, you wake up and you just get on with the uh, the routine, but it doesn't have to be that way. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Zane. You're welcome. Well, before we wrap up, uh, you did mention some Instagram accounts earlier, but if people, you know, really keen to follow this and find out more, um, where where can they connect and find out that stuff? Absolutely. So we have an Instagram page. It is at MarianYCC. We have some events coming up. So we have um, an, we have a free showing of Shrek with audio description happening at the Marion Cultural Centre. This is organised by our Vibe Officer um, and recent Lions Club Children of Courage Award winner, Anthony um, Abravenci. Um, so he is coordinating that as someone who is visually impaired. So this movie is going to be audio description. So we'll be watching Shrek with all the description language. I'm really looking forward to what that looks like. And before that, the Marion um, Cultural Centre will be having a dining in the dark experience um, with the pancake kitchen. So you will be eating pancakes blindfolded um, and trying to experience a little bit what it's like to be without one of your senses for um, a meal and that's that's gonna be so sick and i love that anthony's leading that jessica one of the other ycc members is leading a youth multicultural networking event specifically for international students or people that have recently settled in australia um we have some bmx stuff coming up and then at the very end of the year zane do you want to tell them what's going on uh the very end of this year we are excited to announce again we will be doing a battle of the bands in the city of marion at the marion cultural center yeah applications for that will open soon if you have a band or you want to join a band or you want to start a band now is absolutely the time regardless of whether you win or not you will be paid for your gig so this is a paid gig on a professional stage the prizes include mentorship it includes a little bit of cash dollars um, and it also includes the opportunity to record a demo so definitely get involved. We're so lucky the City of Marion is backing us and the event will be entirely organized by the Marion Youth Collective Committee so yeah have fun with that great that is awesome and if uh the esteemed premier uh peter melanaskis was uh was here he'd be saying just like you said at the gala dinner sa leading the way again with what you you're doing at local council the what's amazing really good job thanks so much for being part of the inspirational australians podcast and uh look forward to following your journeys and, and seeing all those amazing events uh come to life in the year ahead thanks for having us josh it's been thanks awesome. for having us too 
The Inspirational Australians podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia. We recognise, celebrate and share the stories of inspirational Australians through our awards programs across the country. To find out more, to nominate an inspirational Australian in your life or to partner with our awards, visit awardsaustralia.com. If you enjoyed today's story, we'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and review to make sure you don't miss an episode and to help our guests reach more people with their inspirational stories.